Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Turn to somebody and tell them, come and take it. How many of you Texans understand what I'm saying? Come and take it. That's what I've titled today's message. Um, I want to welcome all of you here, all of you who are viewing by live stream and those who are listening by podcast. God bless you. Pray that this message will strengthen you and equip you, encourage you, and empower you. Exodus chapter 31. We're going to start there today. Exodus chapter 31 and verse 15. Come and take it. We're going to be talking about, and I think that's why Jeannie went ahead and told the other part of that story, uh, about finding rest. Finding rest in God. Work shall be done for six days, is what the scripture says, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Whoever works on Sabbath will be put to death. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, for this moment where you Grant to your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We could sum up this verse that we just read. God is saying, relax or die. Anyone who works on the Sabbath must be put to death. So forget about all the, the list of things that you need to do better in your life. What about the resolve to rest from all of your doing? And that's what this Sabbath day is about. But you and I, what that means for us today is is different than just observing a day. It's Him. Jesus is that Sabbath rest for you and I today. It's made it a very personal thing for all of us. Why? I mean, just think about what God is saying here. It seems like a bizarre overreaction on God's part. If you do anything on the Sabbath, you should die. How does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense that if that wrong things deserve punishment, but failing to do nothing is punishable by death. Understanding that this promised Messiah was to come, the law presents what appears to be, without the understanding, I should say, of Jesus. The law appears to be very rigid. It appears to be very uh, condemning and extreme. Relax or die. Turn to somebody and tell them, relax or die. (laughs) See, it makes no sense without Jesus. But with Jesus, it makes perfect sense. Because The fact that He is our Sabbath rest that we all so desperately need and the free gift of God's grace demands that we place all of our faith in Him and Him alone for salvation. And because in that we find life. Because God spoke of observing this Sabbath day as a life and death issue because it is a life and death issue when it comes to faith in Jesus or not. You put your faith in Him, you enter into His rest. You're fully trusting in him that you have laid down your efforts, your works, and said, I'm trusting Jesus. Because if you're depending on your own self-effort, if you're depending on your own striving and your own good things, your own good works, 
then that will, end, that will be punishable by death. So God has the Sabbath rest set up to show us the substance of that rest to come, which is Christ. And the law was there as a tutor until Christ came, the Scripture says, so that we could all be saved by grace through faith in Him. So Before you concern with yourself with all the things that you could or should do better in life, make sure that you've learned how to do nothing. Well, that's a good Aren't you glad you came to church for that today? You didn't know you were going to come to church and, and hear that you should do nothing. But that's good news. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 3. Let's turn there for a moment. Since the Cowboys don't play till 345. 325? Whatever. I got like three and a half hours to finish this message. Like this guy who was a guest speaker at a church, and he, he asked uh, the, the pastor, he said, well, how long do I have to preach? He said, well, you can preach as long as you want. We all leave at noon, though. <laughs> Hebrews 3, verse 18 says this, And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. This is speaking of the children of Israel who got a delivered with a great deliverance out of Egypt. Supposed to be about two weeks journey into the land of promise, but they ended up taking 40 years. And the unbelievers didn't get to go in to see the promise. Only those who believed. And two of those were Joshua and Caleb. Moses sent in 12 spies to spy out this land that God had promised them. When they came back, 10 of them had one report and two of them had another. And the scripture says that the 10 had an evil report and the two had a good report. And the differences in those reports were the issue of faith and unbelief. They all saw the exact same thing. They all saw the exact same thing. But two of them saw promise and 10 of them saw problems. So it didn't really matter. It wasn't really about what they saw. It's about what they believed about what they saw. And... Faith is your access into the rest of God. Faith in Christ. So the scripture teaches us, admonishes us to let us labor or to strive to enter into that rest. How many of you find it hard sometimes to truly do nothing, to truly take a rest? Because it's go, 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 go. But God has called you and I, all of us, into this rest where we can gain his strength find his joy, find his peace, all those things that we cannot conjure up ourselves no matter how hard we try. And he gives these things as gifts to us because Jesus brought all this benefit to us through his effort, through his death, burial, and resurrection. So now he calls us to rest in him. But this takes, first of all, a coming to him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who are labor, all you who labor and are heavy laden. That is, those of you who are weighed down with burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus. You got to come to him. That means he's made himself available to us, he's made himself approachable for us. And since Jesus is a, approachable for us, that means he's also understanding. Aren't you glad the, that God became a man? The fact that God became a man helps us 
see that God wants a relationship with us. And so he knew that we could never be like him because we were broken by sin. He knew that we couldn't meet the standard for holiness, so he became like us. So then in turn, this exchange could happen. He, the Son of God, became the Son of Man so that we, the sons of men, could become sons of God and bring us into a right relationship with him. So when we live our lives in the rest of God, we find our relationship with God moves from a place of demand to a desire of our heart. It moves from law to love, from responsibility to relationship. It's a whole different reality. It's a privilege that motivates us to want to express his life to the world. It's a place called rest. I don't know about your growing up experience or your prior church experience, but much of my experience in church was that God's primary interest in the matters of life are in the matters of right and wrong. That's God's primary interest. We've been taught that his fundamental focus is once we're saved, now he's going to teach us how to behave. Why y'all so quiet? But we even look at the scriptures. Sometimes the way we look at God through this skewed, blurry lens of our own making. But this all started way back in the Garden of Eden when God said, don't eat of the fruit of the what? Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But what man chose to do was choose right and wrong over relationship with God. Choose to have the knowledge of right and wrong. And uh, it hasn't helped us much since. Because the moment you become a believer, you still have to get this mind renewed. Because when you got saved, your mind still has got work to do. But you have, this, you have this hope from the scriptures that says that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind? You uh, open your mouth and declare God's word. And begin to direct your thoughts to his promise. Direct your thoughts to think like he thinks. Because the scripture says that we have the mind of Christ, but it also says that you got to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. There, there's this continual renewal of the mind. Then he says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We have to come to Jesus, and then we have to take from Jesus. He has something to give us. He offers his own companionship and knowledge along the way. And learn from me. Through his companionship and through his knowledge, my family, is where we find real rest. Because he's not a judgmental, exacting, punitive God who's looking down on us saying, when are you going to stop doing wrong and start doing right? Because if God did that, that would be a violation of what he told Adam and Eve in the garden. The knowledge of right and wrong is not the ultimate. The knowledge of good and evil is not for you. You weren't created for that. Don't eat of that tree. But they did. And then suddenly everything became about morality. Everything became about right and wrong. Wow. So sin didn't change God. It changed man. Adam had a wide open relationship with God every day. He walked with God. Every afternoon. Imagine this. That the voice of God would come walking in the garden every day with Adam. And they would commune and they would talk. But now... God comes looking for Adam. It's time to meet. Does Adam hear God's voice? Loud and clear he does. Adam, where are you? So Adam's in sin. He can still hear God's voice. 
You can still hear God's voice when you're in sin. It might even be a little louder. Now, I'm not talking about any of you because none of you sin. I'm talking about other people. You can hear it a little louder. So that, that doesn't stop you from hearing God's voice. But the problem was not that man lost his ability to hear God. Man lost his ability to talk to God. The first thing that came out of Adam's mouth after God came looking for him, Adam, where he said, I was afraid. He never said that before. Where'd this fear come from, Adam? So I hid myself and I put on these fancy fig leaf skirt. What do you think, God? Oh, yeah, now you're holy. Think about how unreasonable that is, but it's man with the knowledge of good and evil. All he can do is do his best, and his best is a mess. God, God is not preoccupied with issues of right and wrong. God is preoccupied with you. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 says, This is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not bur- burdensome. Now, if you read that just on the surface, what commandments just come to mind? Maybe the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not make any, any graven image. You uh, shall not kill, steal, or destroy. But this is not at all what that's talking about. Because remember that in Christ, the law was fulfilled. It was established. What commandments is he talking about? Because these commandments aren't burdensome. Those other commandments that I just mentioned were very burdensome. Let me, let me show you something just right quick. Can you give me about five more minutes? Who'll give me five minutes? Yeah. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay. I got 25 minutes. All right. I like that you're laughing because it's not a joke. Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 10. Now, this is the, the council in Jerusalem. This is when they had to settle a big issue because people like us, Gentiles, for the first time were coming into the kingdom of God. God had opened salvation for all mankind. At one time, he was, it was only for the Jews. But now, through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, it has come to all of us. And so now that these Gentiles, these pagans, were coming in, these religious leaders, these Jewish religious leaders, did not like this one bit. They did not like that it was so easy for Gentiles to get saved. They didn't like that it was simply by grace through faith in Christ. So they started adding things to the gospel. If you, okay, that's great that you got in. Okay, that's wonderful. We'll accept the fact that you got saved, but if you're going to stay saved, you got to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses like us. So these people start arguing, and it comes before the, 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 the apostles, the leaders of the church at that time, and even they're having these disputes over the matter. And then finally Peter says, wait a second. He said, if you guys remember some time ago, God chose by my mouth that the Gentiles would hear the gospel and believe. And so he kind of recounts what happened at Cornelius' house, the first Gentile convert, and it happened so easy. He's just preaching. And he says, to him all the prophets witness that whoever believes on him will receive Remission of sins. It says, as Peter was still speaking those words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those Gentiles, and they heard them speak in tongues. How in the world did that happen? Nobody even prayed a prayer. Nobody stood up. Nobody, you know, they didn't go through any of the process that we like to put people through. He was just preaching. They heard the good news, and something in their heart said, I believe that. And the moment they believed it, God said, well, here's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when Peter saw that sign that they were speaking in, t- in new tongues, he had to have thought about when Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. And one of those signs is they will speak with new tongues. He thought, these people are saved. How did that happen? Easily. Because Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. His way is always easier. He did all the hard work for us. 
All we have to do is believe it. Believe this gospel. So this matter was the issue. Now watch this. Look at verse 10. This is what Peter says. Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? In other words, let me just say this and remind you today. The law was never for us. Ever. The law was for the Jews. It's what defined them as a nation. One of those laws was you shall not kill. But after that law came, they did a lot of killing. A lot of killing. They killed a lot of people because they had a land of promise to get into. That law was not across the board. That law was not to kill each other. Amen. So we, we weren't even, that wasn't even to us. That law was never even to us. It's not that we're no longer under the law. We were never under the law. He says, so why, this is, and Peter shows it right here. Our fathers nor us were able to bear that. Why are you trying to put our rules on them? It wasn't even to them, and it was to us, and we couldn't even keep the rules. You want to give it to them? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. So this issue's settled. So it's not the, the, the Ten Commandments that John is talking about. He says, in this is the love of God to keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So what are those commandments? I'm glad you asked. First John chapter 3, and I'll finish with this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, how many of you know that, it, that without faith it's impossible to please him, right? So everything has to flow out of our faith in him, okay? Do those things that are pleasing. Look at verse 23. Here we go. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of Jesus, his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no burden in that. Well, maybe the love of one another, but <laughs> that's a, we're still a work in process there. But, but believe on Jesus Christ? How many of you believe on Jesus Christ? Amen. Well, you got one of the commandments down. The other one is to love one another. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Uh, there's the rub. And his commandments are not burdensome. In order for that commandment to love one another... to in order for it to not be burdensome, you must first be loved by him. Because you cannot give away what you don't already have yourself. So when you have it yourself, you possess the love of God that he gives you, then it's not a burden to love others. Because you're just passing on what's been given to you. Right? You don't have to try to conjure up, Lord, help me love them. No, just let him love you. And that'll be a flow out of your life rather than a striving. This is the rest that he offers you and I. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. All you have to do is believe that it's true. I want to leave you with this. That you can find rest and you can stay in that place of rest if you'll do this. Number one, steal. Number three, drink. And number, uh, number two, drink. And number three, lie. Come on, tell somebody, steal, drink, and lie. Steal. Come on, stay with me. Steal, drink, and lie. Steal time out of every day to read God's word and to pray. Drink from its clear and refreshing waters and lie on your bed at night and meditate on his promise. You didn't know you were going to come to church today and be instructed to steal, drink, and lie. 
You're welcome. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you. Thank you for the rest that we find in our Savior. He is our burden remover and our yoke destroyer. Thank you that you made an exchange with us at that cross. That God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. And thank you, Lord, that you also made another exchange that you were wounded for us. Our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. By your stripes we are healed. Thank you for that exchange. You were wounded so we could be healed. You became a curse for us. You redeemed, redeeming us from the curse of the law that was against us, that was contrary to us. And in that exchange of the curse, you offered the blessing of Abraham to come upon us, Gentiles in Christ. You became a curse and we became blessed. You, though you were rich, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though you were rich, yet for our sakes you became poor, that we through your poverty might become rich. Thank you. Thank you that you supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that you, the Son of God, became the Son of Man so that we, the sons of men, could become sons of God. Thank you for this marvelous exchange, Jesus, and all the rest that we find in the person of our Savior, this person, this high priest who is on our side, who is making intercession for us even right now, who is pleading our case, who sympathizes with our weaknesses, and who offers us strength to overcome, who gives us the victory, who leads us in triumph. And that we'll simply believe it's faith in God that causes us to overcome the world. Lord, there are those here who are here today who are weighed down with some things, some burdens from life, God. I don't know what that is, but you know what it is. And I thank you right now for being a very present help in their trouble, for giving them strength, for giving them joy, for giving them peace right now. Thank you, Lord that you come right alongside them and offer companionship to carry the load. You, you said to us, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. Thank you, Father God, right now, for breakthrough for those who need it today. That the yoke, the heavy burdens will be lifted from them. And they would come to you and take from you this rest that you so freely give. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And remember, it all starts. It all starts with that message. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on him. Believe that he died for your sins and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. That, invitate, that good news is for all mankind, all womankind. Whoever will believe it will find true rest. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.